Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. So, New Year's, New Year's resolutions, New Year's resolutions. Let me see if you got a New Year's resolution. Raise your hand. Well, nobody else? Just, just me and Josiah, a couple people? Eh. Okay. Well, every year, um, this phenomenon sweeps across the country, and it's, to describe it, it's like this. People have an epiphany every December, like, man, I just realized every error in my life, I just realized, like, what's keeping me from being, like, perfect and how to fix it. And so all I got to do is fix it in the new year, and that's called a New Year's resolution. Um, like, this is going to be the year everything changes. Like, this is going to be the year that I get this accomplished in my life, and, man, it's going to be the best year ever, right? Has everybody experienced that before, either through yourself or somebody else? So um, you'll hear people say stuff like, new year, new me. You might have even said that, like, no, new year, new me, you know? Somebody might have just said that today, new year, new me. Um, You'll hear people say, this will be the year that I have more fun. Like, I'm going to have more fun this year than I did last year. Last year, I feel like I was lame. I didn't have a whole lot of fun. So I'm going to have a lot of fun this year. Um, I've heard, and I've even said, this is going to be the year that I'm not as stressed out as I was last year. Um, Or this will be the year that I'm going to be more healthy. I'm going to start going to the, this year, I'm going to the gym every day. And I'm working out every day this year. How many of you have said that before? Let me see your hands. Don't lie. Oh, yeah. Every day. (laughs) Absolutely. This is going to be the year I get the body I've always wanted. Watch out summer 2017, you know? Hashtag summer 2017, right? Or this year, um, I'm going to save a ton of money. Like next year at this time, I'm going to be rich. I'm going to have like thousands of dollars because I'm saving all year, right? There's so many things we could name. Like there's so many New Year's resolutions, and, and really, like, this sounds great, but the problem is the underlying thing I haven't said yet is um, they're called the resolution for a reason, because last year's solution didn't work out, so we need a resolution. We need to redo this, solu- this resolution thing. Like, we need a resolution. And so the reality is um, the same person who said they'll have more fun, they, they don't have more fun. And the same person who said they're going to be less stressed, you run into them in March, and they're stressing out. And it's like, wait a minute, in January, you are not going to be stressed out at all this year, right? Or, um, man, I'm going to eat super healthy every day. And then, like, after 10 days, uh, you have your first cheat day, and then your cheat day turns into a cheat week, and then your cheat week, a cheat month, and then pretty soon you're like, all right. Maybe I was a little too ambitious. Um, we're going to do 20, 2018. Let's do 2018. But in 2018, watch out December because I'm telling you, 2018, whenever January hits, bam, I'm eating healthy every day, right? And so we go through that, that cycle. Um, and the truth is, when it comes to the gym thing, I've noticed this too. Raise your hand if you, if you ever really went to the gym or you kind of go to the gym a little bit. I don't know if you notice what I noticed, but I've noticed a trend. January, you can't find a machine in the gym. You can't find a machine in the gym. February even, you can't find a machine in the gym. 
It seems like February 15th, the gym's empty. He's like, I don't know if it's New Year's resolutions or people prepping for Valentine's Day, but like halfway through February, it's dry. It's back to, back to normal again, you know, and then summertime and it picks back up. But, um, but yeah, so every year we, we see this phenomenon, and I, I know because I have had firsthand experience. When I was 20 years old, as I was thinking about this message, for whatever reason, I don't know if it was the Lord like, like messing with me, uh, like picking on me or what. But man, I started thinking when I was 20 years old, I had the biggest passionate New Year's resolution ever. It was really just three, just three things. First thing was I was going to get up at five o'clock every morning, even on Saturday and Sunday, because I just had it in my mind like that would be the epitome of discipline. And so I was getting up at five every morning. And y'all ever go to like a nice hotel or someplace like that, and they make the beds really tight. They tuck everything under the mattress. It's like somebody's a pro at making beds, you know? And so I was going to be that. I was going to get up at five, make my bed super tight every morning. And that was the first thing. The second thing is I was going to do, and I don't know where I got this from. It's just, it's what I'm going to do. A hundred push-ups every morning, right when I get out of bed, a hundred sit-ups, and then 30 pull-ups. Before I even brush my teeth, that was going to be my, my thing. That was the second thing. And the third thing, I was going to like the first Saturday of every month, I was going to spot free clean my entire house from top to bottom. And then every other Saturday, I just, just spot clean, you know, from here and there and tidy up. But that was going to be my thing. And I, I was 20 years old. I've never done any of that. Like there's not been one, not even the day after, like January 2nd, I didn't do any of it. Like I maybe did 50 push-ups and oh, I'll, build, I'll build up to the 100. Maybe I was a little too ambitious. And then I, by the 10th day, I forgot, and my house is still not always as organized as it should be, um, and the rest of that stuff just kind of went out the window. Um, so, um, you know, as I was thinking about New Year's resolutions, they had a thing inside of me kind of tugging me in one direction or the other. It Was it a good thing, or is it a bad thing? Um, should we have New Year's resolutions, or, um, you know, should we not have New Year's resolutions? And I started to think, um, you know, it's not that uh, it's a bad thing. Obviously, all the things I listed are good things. I mean, we should, we should be more physically fit. We should want to be more physically healthy. You know, God made our bodies, and we should take care of that. Um, we should want to save more. We should be good financial stewards. That's not a bad thing, right? We should want to go to the gym consistently, maybe not overambitiously, but consistently, right? Or do some type of exercise. Uh, we should eat clean. Um, all these types of things, but that's not the thing that's bad. The thing that I've found as I was just praying about this is the New Year's resolution kind of gives you a facade. Like, and what I mean by a facade, it's like almost like a false hope. And the, here's, here's why I want to preach on that. Um, there's really one word that kind of sums up the one thing that throws the New Year's resolution off and can make it a bad thing. Not that things aren't bad. But this word brings the context. The word is priority. Priority. So the New Year's resolution buzz is really, it's a matter of priority. And so follow me on this, okay? This is kind of what a New Year's resolution says. I'll I'll find the solutions to the areas of my life if I prioritize my life in a way that I can accomplish 
these plans, whatever the resolution plans are that I've set for myself, and I'm going to do that above anything else. Because that's the enthusiasm we approach a New Year's resolution with. Again, not bad goals or bad plans, but I believe that should be secondary, and we should have a primary New Year's resolution-ish thing. Okay, um, And so I want to look at New Year's resolutions through the lens of Scripture first. So in Proverbs 19, uh, verse 21, we read this, Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. So we can make plans and we should make plans, but let's reread that one more time. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's, say this last, this last part with me, the Lord's purpose that prevails. Let's do that again. Many are the plans in a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. It's the Lord's purpose that prevails. It's not ours. And so many times we can make our own plans and sometimes it can be a silly's, a silly, a silly's, a silly New Year's resolution plan. Um, or sometimes it could be like some really, man, I'm really passionate about this plan. And we could like knock ourselves out trying to achieve this plan and be so discouraged when it doesn't work out. Has anybody ever been there? Like, man, you work really hard at something and it just kind of flops. Man, I've been there, honestly, I've been there more than the adverse to where I work really hard at something and it works out, right? So I kind of, doing some praying about that, and in Proverbs 16, 9, just a few chapters before this, it says, a man's heart plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So as I was thinking, I I thought, you know, we can conclude that God does care about our plans. How many of you would agree with that? God, he He cares about what we want to do, and he cares about the plans that we make. He even directs our steps to our plans. But there's a big but attached to this. And the big but is is this. It says he only does um, direct our steps or direct our plans whenever his purpose is above our plans. Whenever his purpose is above our plans. Now, the if to that big but is one verse. So there's all this New Year's resolution stuff before I get into the meat of the message. Really, everything, I could say this one verse, I should be able to read this one verse, and we could just all go home if we just implement this one verse. It's Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. All these things will be given to you as well. So if I summed up all four or three of the verses I just read, I would say it like this. I would say, when you will prioritize seeking after God above everything else in your life, he will take care of everything else in your life. I'm going to say that again because it's so true. When you'll prioritize seeking after God above everything else in your life, he'll take care of everything else in your life. He really will. And so the title of tonight's message is The New Year's Solution. Pretty good? Yeah? All right, good. I'm getting, I think I'm getting more witty with these, with these titles. Okay, The New Year's Solution. And the answer to this would be prayer and fasting. The New Year's Solution is prayer and fasting. It's really simple. It's seeking God, seeking his will and his voice above everything else in your life. Now, it's not a New Year's resolution. I don't want us to think about 
prayer and fasting as, well, it's kind of like a Christian New Year's resolution. It's also not something that we just do uh, in January for 21 days at a, as a church. It's so much more than that. Um, you know, prayer and fasting is something that I didn't always do. Um, as, as many of you know, I didn't grow up in church. Um, I thought prayer and fasting was kind of silly, uh, especially right when I got saved. I love to eat. And so I thought, you mean you voluntarily don't eat for 21 days and pray? That's crazy because I can pray and eat. You know, I just didn't understand prayer and fasting. But as I, as I started to try it out and as I started to actually implement these principles in my life, I'd ask God a lot of questions. And one of the, I guess, a good synopsis of prayer and fasting is it's a time that we set aside to acknowledge that we need to take a moment, step back, and reprioritize our lives in a way that put our relationship with God above everything else. So really, prayer and fasting just helps us to say, man, I might have some New Year's resolutions, or I might have some things that I'd like to see done in the new year, but above everything, I need to focus on my relationship with God. Now, not everybody understands that, um, because not everybody's a Christian, but man, when you give your life to the Lord, as soon as it happens, you ever see people who just get saved, man, they're so passionate, they're so on fire for God? Well, man, a little while later, that starts to die off. And it's because people don't typically keep doing the things that they did at first. And that's why it dies off. So really, prayer and fasting is a time of refreshing. And so in Jeremiah 29, 11, um, I want you guys to read this one with me too. I know I'm getting you guys to do a lot of reading tonight, but I want you to catch this. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11, we're going to read all the way to uh, verse 13. It says in verse 11, for I know the plans that I have for you. Read it with me. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I don't think we really know what that means. And let me explain why I'm saying that. When you seek me with all your heart. Like when I read this verse, just haphazardly, this is kind of how I think a lot of us see this verse. This is how I think like our translation could be. Hey, it's me, God. Look, I have some super awesome plans for your life. Like I'm so excited about these plans. They're amazing. I know you're busy. So don't really, don't worry. Just live life. Go to church. Uh, Make sure you say I'm a Christian um, and stuff like that. Your Facebook and Instagram has to say that. And, um, and look, everything will work out. I know the plans. Everything will just fall right into place. It's all good. I don't know about you, but man, I can fall into reading it just like that. That's actually my interpretation if I'm not really focused on what he's saying. So I'm going to reread, and, I, and I, I'm going to emphasize. Um, I want you guys to follow this. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's awesome. Great news. Next part. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I'll listen to you. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. With all your heart. So I got a little video. Um, I guess I need to move this. Can everybody see with this thing right here? Yeah? Okay. Got another little video for you guys to check out first. 
So if you want to make six figures, you can't just be talking about you want to make six figures. You hear what I'm saying to you tonight? If you do the three things I tell you to do tonight, I guarantee you, whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. You will be able to accomplish whatever you want to academically, financially, relationally, whatever. So three things. All right, I'm going to tell you the story. I got to get out of here. And the story is about, you guys have probably heard about this before. It was a, it was a young man who, you know, he wanted to make a lot of money. And so he went to this guru, right? And he told the guru, you know, I want to be on the same level you are. And so the guru said, if you want to be on the same level I'm on, I'll meet you tomorrow at the beach at 4 a.m. He liked the beach. I said, I want to make money. I don't want to swim. Guru said, if you want to make money, I'll meet you tomorrow. 4 a.m. So the young man got there at 4 a.m. He all ready to rock and roll, got on the suit. He should have worn shorts. The old man grabs his hand and said, how bad do you want to be successful? He said, real bad. He said, walk on out in the water. So he walks out into the water. Watch this. When he walks out into the water, it goes waist deep. So he's like, this guy crazy. Adrian, he's like, I want to make money. He got me out here swimming. I didn't ask to be a lifeguard. I want to make money. He got me in. So he said, come out a little further. Walked out a little further. Then he had it right around this area. The shoulder area. So this old man crazy. He's making money, but he crazy. He said, come on out a little further. Came out a little further. It was right at his mouth. My man like, I'm about to go back in here. This guy is mine. So the old man said, I thought you said you wanted to be successful. He said, I do. He said, walk a little further. He came, dropped his head in, held him down, hold him down. My man getting scratched holding him down. I got you. I know you brushed it out, but I got you. He had him held down. I need you for an illustration. He had him held down just before my man was about to pass out. He raised him up. He said, I got a question for you. Somebody answered the question for me. He said, when you were underwater, what did you want to do? I'm looking for a different word though. What's that word? He said, I wanted to breathe. He told the guy, he said, when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. I don't know how many of y'all got asthma in here today, but if you ever had an asthma attack before, you short of breath, SOB, shortness of breath, you wheezing. The only thing you're trying to do is get some air. You don't care about no basketball game. You don't care what's on TV. You don't care about nobody calling you. You don't care about a party. The only thing you care about when you're trying to breathe is to get some fresh air. That's it. And when you get to the point where all you want to do is be successful, as bad as you want to breathe, then you'll be successful. And I'm here to tell you, number one, that most of you say you want to be successful, but you don't want it bad. You just kind of want it. You don't want it better than you want to party. You don't want it as much as you want to be cool. You, most of you don't want success as much as you want to sleep. Some of you love sleep more than you love success. And I'm here to tell you today, if you're going to be successful, you've got to be willing to give up sleep. So I would watch stuff like that whenever I wanted to do well in college or if I had a competition coming up. And I really wanted to dig deep. I watched these motivational speeches, and man, it would do the trick. And I'm telling you, I would put some serious effort. When I was competing, I'd do three a days for two and a half hours apiece and work and go to college. I poured a lot of myself into that stuff. And I'd hear people, they'd come in the gym all the time, and they would say, man, I want to be the next big thing, or you know, I want to be a, an amazing boxer, or an amazing this, amazing that. And they would maybe come twice a week for an hour. 
And they would say things like, man, it must be nice to be good at what you guys are doing, or it must be nice to be on a world stage. But the reality is they didn't, they didn't really care to do what it took to get there. And so whenever I made the statement a little while ago, I don't think we really know what it means. You'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. What I meant is, honestly, the Lord had convicted me. I never put that much effort into seeking after God. I put a whole lot of effort in a whole lot of other things. But man, I never would have applied that to hearing God speak to me or hearing direction from God or getting wisdom from God or getting understanding from God. I never put that kind of effort into hearing from God. And I started to ask some questions or really analyze some things. And this is what I analyzed. Like, what if I took that same approach with those other things? What if I took that approach in school, in in college? What if I'd have just said, eh, I mean, I want to make good grades, but eh, I mean, not that big a deal. I'd have made subpar grades. Or what if people, what if Major League Baseball players took that type of an approach? They couldn't. They couldn't make it in Major League Baseball. What if these awesome musicians took that haphazard, haphazard approach to what they're doing? They wouldn't make it. And so we got to be careful not to take that approach to our relationship with God. You don't have to work to be saved. You got to believe in Jesus you got to acknowledge that he died for you, ask him to forgive your sins, and you're saved. But if you want to hear from God, you can't just do it haphazardly. you got to put some effort into it. And we need to watch stuff like this, or we need to draw the same passion from things like this in our pursuit of God. Y'all, y'all hearing me out there? I know this might be a little, con- I don't know about convicting, maybe convicting or a little tough, or it's not like a super cheerful message, but I think it's an on-time one, especially going in to prayer and fasting. You know, I started to think, and, I, and this is the truth, not everybody gets the job. When people apply for a job, not everybody gets the job. Not everyone makes the team. When people try out for a team, they just not everybody makes the team. Not everybody gets a trophy. When I was coming up, they started this thing to where everybody gets a trophy. Like if you just participate, you get a participation trophy. But it's not a, a victory trophy. Not everybody gets the trophy. And not everybody hears from God. And not everybody gets saved. A lot of people walking around, they're not Christians. And a lot of people, this is the, the sad news, a lot of people die not Christians, man. And the even sadder thing is, it's available to everyone. Like the job example, well, there's only a few positions, right? The trophy, well, you can't have two people facing each other and both win. So somebody's got to get the trophy and somebody doesn't. But when with the kingdom of God, everybody can get saved and everybody can hear God. You just got to want it bad enough. And um, one of the things that I think is a, is a huge plus for us, especially in January, is that our pastor, and he has us pursue prayer and fasting as a whole church. So you have a ton of people that you can kind of yoke up with. I want to read this quote to you. It's, it's, it's from a guy, Bill Johnson. Um, he said, God doesn't give revelation to people who are merely just curious. God gives revelation to people who are serious. And the reason I'm hitting this at this point is it's so dangerous to haphazardly do something, especially in Christianity, because you start to lose faith 
in what God said. Like earlier in, in Jeremiah, God said, I know the plans that I have for you. If you'll seek me with all your heart, you'll find me and, and hear me. Now, if we read that and we never really seek God with all our heart, and then we don't hear God, we, we lose faith and confidence in what his word said. Y'all follow? We lose faith and confidence in what his word said. You know, as I was studying, I noticed this is the first thing Jesus ever did before he studied or before he went into his public ministry. He never did anything in public until he prayed and fasted. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 3, I want to show you guys this. In Matthew chapter 3, at the very end of the chapter, he got baptized. And at the very beginning of chapter 4, he went and prayed and fasted. Let's read it in Matthew 3.16. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was opened and he saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove and landing on him. And in the very next verse, and right when it goes into chapter 4, then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the desert to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. In chapter 5, he preached a sermon. It's the most popular sermon in the world. There's never been any other sermon that comes close to this, and it's the Sermon on the Mount. And so I find it interesting that God saw such priority in the Sermon on the Mount. That's where he had the biggest gathering at 20,000 people there, and it took place right after prayer and fasting. So Real quick, I just want to address three things, Um, three questions, really. The first one is, why pray? The second one is, why fast? And the third one is, what are some tips? So the first one is, why pray? And why pray is really a sermon in and of itself. I did that um, last year. But there's three things that you can receive that I would want you guys to receive from the Lord this January. The first one is, it allows you to hear God. It allows you to hear God. The second one is it allows you to get directions from God. The third one is it allows you to get wisdom from God. And last, receive peace from God. And so the first thing, hearing from God. In 1 Kings, how many of you ever read of Elijah in 1 Kings? Elijah and Jezebel and all that stuff. So to kind of sum it up a little bit, um, Elijah was a prophet and God had called him to do some pretty tough things. And this dude laid it all on the line for God. I mean, he went all over the place for God. He almost got killed several times. Um, and then there's this point to where it's at, towards the end of everything he was doing for, for God, he was whooped, man. He was tired. He was ready to give up. Matter of fact, he prayed and asked God to take his life. Like, he was ready to go. And it picks up in 1 Kings chapter 19 and verse 9. Um, this is Elijah hearing God. And so it says, there he went into a cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him. This is an angel, or believed to be an angel. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous, or seeking after God with all his heart. I've been very zealous for the Lord God. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death by the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord God said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord and the Lord will pass you by. So this angel's telling him, all right, listen, I hear you. I know you've got problems. I know you've got things you really want to seek God about. Go out there and stand on this mountain. And so as he's standing out there, it says, then a great and powerful wind tore through the mountains, uh, tore the mountains apart. Could you imagine standing on a mountain and a wind coming and just 
tearing mountains apart. Like this happened, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. That'd be the first place I'd look. If mountains blew up, I'd be like, whoa, man, you told me to come out here. You must be right there. But he wasn't there. Um, but the Lord was not. Oh, then there was, a, there was a huge earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled back his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then the voice came and said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? As we read on, we learn that that gentle whisper is obviously, that's the voice of God. And so when we continue to seek God throughout prayer and fasting, and we continue to hear God's voice even after prayer and fasting, we've got to make sure that we're, we're fasting things that could be distracting. And I'll get into that um, in, a, in a few minutes. Another reason to pray is for direction. I mean, what do you, is, is anybody older than 18 in here other than leaders? Okay. So as you get like 18, 19, 20, man, life starts to hit fast. And it seems like it's so far away when you're like 15, 16 years old or even younger, but it gets here quick. And you start having to make some really big decisions in comparison to what you've done before. And even now, I mean, you guys are making big decisions in comparison as to what you've done before. But there gets to be a point to where it's like, man, I I need more. Like, I can't ask mom and dad about this. I can't ask my friends about this. Like, I need some serious guidance. I need some serious direction. And really, it's designed to happen that way. We design to have to go to God for direction. And so God does that. He gives you direction in your life. And and anytime you have a desire in life or anytime you have a goal or anytime you have a passion um, or a calling, we're not given those things to figure them out on ourselves. We need the direction from God in order to do what he's sending us to do. If we could figure it out ourselves, it's probably not the Lord. In Isaiah 30, 21, it says, whether you turn to the right or the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. So this is Elijah. This is another person in the Bible, totally different book. And I'm drawing these conclusions because I want you to see God still does this stuff. So um, Elijah was who it was previously. Isaiah now, Isaiah is talking to Israel and he's telling Israel these things about God. He's saying, hey, Israel, listen, I have a relationship with God. So can you. If you'll trust the Lord when you're walking, when you're doing things, there's a voice that will be telling you this is the way you should go. They're giving them direction. The third thing that you can do during prayer and fasting, the reason that you pray during prayer and fasting is to pray for wisdom. You got to pray for wisdom. Everybody knows the story of Solomon. Man, Solomon took over from David. David was like an amazing king, the best king of Israel. Solomon had to fill those shoes and he was just really young. And so he pretty much has this conversation with God and God says, hey, look, what do you want? Anything in the world you want, I'll give it to you. And so his approach to God was, man, honestly, I don't know how to lead these people of yours. I need wisdom. And so God gave him wisdom. And as I was thinking about that, Laura, we need wisdom during prayer and fasting. James 1.5 came into my mind. And we still have the same wisdom that Solomon was promised and that Solomon received. We can still tap into that same wisdom. We have the same God. In James 1, 5, it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. And then lastly, another reason to pray 
but not the least reason to pray, is the peace of God. The peace of God. Um, some of you maybe have heard this forever, but maybe you've never really experienced it. But, man, the peace of God is not depend on your circumstance. Um, you could be in the middle of the biggest trial in your life. You could have really just messed up. But, man, you could still have God's peace. And Jesus talks about it in John 14. He says, um, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. And so as you're going through prayer and fasting, while you're praying, be thinking about those topics, about those things. Be thinking about um, having wisdom, having direction, having God's peace. Um, And when you're pursuing those things, you'll start to notice those things in your life because you're seeking the Lord with all your heart. The second question is, why fast? Um, And to put it simply, man, fasting takes all your distractions away. Um, Real quick story as I close is, um, man, I started getting in this habit of fasting something, like some type of food. And the Lord started to show me, you know, I still want people to fast food. I still want people to fast um, the things that people fasted in the Bible and the ways that people fasted in the Bible. But nowadays, you guys have different distractions. Back then, it was overeating. It was all this food. So you fasted a lot of food, and you still should do that. But nowadays, there's so many more distractions. And an example that the Lord convicts me on is social media. I talk about it a lot because it's so relevant, and it's such a big deal nowadays. We spend so much time on that. And the reason that the Lord keeps putting that on our hearts or bringing that stuff up is because that's something that really takes away our focus and, and that's the, the wind that Elijah encountered. That's our version of that. That's the, the earthquake. That's the distractions. God's not in the distractions. So we got to eliminate the distractions. Um, and then the third question to answer is, what are some tips? Five quick things, and then we'll close um, about tips. So raise your hand if you fasted like last year. Raise your hand if you've ever did prayer and fasting. So pretty much most people. All right. Well, I hope some of this helps you guys, even if you're a pro already at praying and fasting. But the first thing is, before you even start prayer and fasting, that's why I want to preach this today and we don't start till Sunday. Before you even start, start the process and ask God, hey, what do you want me to fast? What do you want me to fast? I went on a a trip to Biloxi this past summer, and really, I just went by myself, and I just went to pray and fast. And I had it all planned out. I was going to do liquids only. I wasn't going to have any food. And I mean, I was at this really nice um, hotel and somebody treated me to this vacation. And it was like free, like steak buffet and everything, like right when I walked in. And I was like, no, you know. And so like after like two days, I haven't eaten anything. I'm just drinking this fruit juice. And I'm realizing like, man, I'm not getting any breakthrough. And I'm really putting in the like the resistance for God, you know, trying to hear the Lord. And the last night that I was there, the Lord, I finally heard the Lord. And the Lord told me, Brady, you got hung up on a procedure. I'm not asking you to fast food this time. What I'm asking you to do is fast distractions. And what distractions, he started listing the things that were distracting me. And so when I got back, I fasted those things, and I heard the Lord in a tremendous way. What I failed to do was I failed to seek God first about what do I fast? And so the first thing, the first tip that I would say is don't just assume. 
ask God, hey, God, what should I give up? One of the ways that you'll know what should I give up is probably the thing you don't want to give up. It's the first thing that hits your mind typically. It's like, oh, that's, that's not the Lord. Of course, that's not what God would tell me. But that's the, that's the first thing. Um, the second tip I would say is set and commit to a prayer of time. And what I mean by that is whether that be the morning, the night, whatever you feel your best time is with God, set it, make a plan and commit to it. Don't let anything else get in the way of that. If it's, hey, look, tonight, six o'clock, I'm praying. When tonight at six o'clock, don't start checking Facebook. Don't get in that quiet place and say, all right, I'm going to start praying. But I wonder if somebody liked that picture or I wonder if such and such posted this or I wonder if I got a Snapchat or, man, I sent that Snapchat at noon. Man, I wonder if such and such saw it yet or any of that stuff. Don't do that. You have to commit. Remember, you got to want it as bad as you want to breathe. All right. So prioritize your prayer time. Oh, disclaimer. If you say seven o'clock is your prayer time and your parents say, hey, come here. Don't you dare say, oh, no, Pastor Brady gave me permission to not come here right now. <laughs> the last thing I want is a bunch of phone calls about that. All right, so obviously your parents are excluded from that rule. But anything else, prioritize it. Third thing, third tip, journal. Raise your hand for real if you journal in here. Wow, that's, that's more than I thought. That's really good. Okay, um, raise your hand if you 50, 50 journal, like 50% of the time journal. Michaela back there. Me too. I'm 50%. I should do more. It's going to be in my New Year's resolution. Um, let me tell you something about journaling, guys. In the Old Testament, you remember um, several times God would tell people like Abraham, hey, make an altar. Anybody remember that? Okay. So you'd make an altar. And throughout the whole Old Testament, we see people making these altars. And the purpose that they serve is they're reminders of things God has either said or done. Well, today... Also in the Old Testament, he tells people specifically, write it down, write down the vision, write down the plan. And so, man, with journals, that's like an altar. Now, I wasn't always a journaler, but about three or four years ago, I started like spotty journaling, like, man, maybe once a month. And I started to notice something. Man, I could go back and read my old journals and things that I would write down that didn't even make sense, all of a sudden they made sense. Because like, Month number one made no sense in what I journaled. Month number two still didn't make any sense. Matter of fact, like six months of things didn't make any sense. But man, like month seven would get here and I'd look back and it connected to the first thing I wrote down in month one. It was like, what? And then that, that just continued to happen. Guys, I'm still looking back on old things that I've journaled and God is still revealing things to me. So develop a pattern of journaling especially during prayer and fasting. Um, I won't share what it was, but man, there's one thing I prayed and I did like, I guess four different times or three different times this past year, I, I had felt led to pray and fast. And so, man, I'd pray and I would fast and I'd journal. I'd pray and I'd fast and I'd journal. And the last time, this past time I prayed and fast, it was about a month and a half ago, um, I was going through some journals and I started noticing I would have the same distractions when I was praying and fasting. I, I don't normally have. Like this one person would show up or this one situation would happen 
every time I'd pray and fast. And when I took that to the Lord, the Lord started to show me, hey, not everything that meets your eyes is just about this world right here. Some things are spiritual. And so I was able to catch something that was going on because I journaled, because I journaled. So make sure that'd be the third tip, um, journal. Another little note I have is no thought when you're journaling, no thought is too insignificant. Sometimes when I'm journaling, I think, ah, that's not that big a deal. I won't write it down. Write it down. That's some of the things that come back to to be a big deal. Um, One time, uh, an example of that is one time the Lord laid on my heart to give a financial gift of $16.10. So random. I was like, $16.10. That's just an ADD thought. And so I almost didn't give it. But I was like, no, I'm going to give it $16.10. Well, later on, I think a couple of days later, somebody goes, man, I have been like so focused on Luke 16.10. And I was like, why does 16.10 sound so familiar? And so I'm thinking, what in the world? What in the world? And later on, somebody else says, man, I was reading in Luke today and Luke 16.10 just totally convicted me. And so I swear... I swear, guys, I did not know why this is bookmarked, but it's like right at Luke 16.10. Anyway, this is Luke 16.10. He who is faithful in what is least is also faithful in much, and he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. So it was like, wow. So I started to search the Lord on that, and the Lord started to show me, hey, that was a small offer. That was a small tithe. But I want to show you that you've been unfaithful in some small areas financially. And the Lord started to show me about my unfaithfulness and bad stewardship in just small things financially. And he did that through journaling. So I think you get the point. Journal, 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 okay? Um, Fourth thing, life groups. Life groups. So I want to encourage you, as we're doing prayer and fasting, even if you're not meeting on a Wednesday night for your life group, Hit up the people in your life group. Like, pray for the people in your life group. Talk to them. Hey, how's prayer and fasting going? Hey, are you doing prayer and fasting? What's going on? Oh, are you not? Man, you probably should. Egg them on to do it. Um, But pray for each other. And be cool. Be open to share with each other. You know, the gospel does say, Jesus says, when you pray and fast, don't advertise it. Do it secretly, right? He says, "Don't don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. But he's talking about that. Um, in context, he's saying like, hey, don't try to act holier than thou. He's certainly not saying neglect community or neglect fellowship with one another. We're a body. And so don't neglect those things. Your life groups, man, they're a great place for you to discuss like the ups and downs um, with each other during prayer and fasting and encourage each other. Does anybody ever dealt with a sin, let's say, and you feel like nobody else deals with this sin? Like, Anybody ever been there? Like, I know nobody else deals with this sin. I'm by myself right here. Like, I ain't saying anything. I'd be totally embarrassed. Well, man, what's crazy is when you finally open up to one person, you realize, wait, you too? And then when you open up with another person, wait, no way. There's three of us that deal with this? And, man, before you know it, you got 20 people that you could rattle off that deal with the same thing you deal with. And so that's why community is so important. That's why we do these life groups, because it's so important that you don't just hold those things all into yourself, 
Because that's where the devil wants you. He wants to make you believe you, you're the only one who deals with that. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're not worthy to go before God. All these things, all these lies, that's all lies. So when you share that, you're exposing those lies. So throughout prayer and fasting, one of the things God's going to do is he's going to convict you. He's going to show you things. Make sure that you're having some dialogue. And listen, one more thing about the small groups before I give you the last thing. Um, Uh, maybe go the other way. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of over. Um, last thing. When somebody does share something with you in life group, make sure that you don't share it with other people. What door? Oh, yeah, it is that door. They're going to, James is going to catch him. I'm wrapping this bad boy up, all right? Um, okay. So make sure that you don't, um, yeah, don't share something. If somebody shares something confidential with you, um, don't share it with somebody else, guys. That's, that's why we're not supposed to do those things because you break down trust. Make sure you don't do that. And if you don't think you can trust somebody, don't share with them. The fifth and last thing is share with your leaders throughout prayer and fasting. I'm going to have your leaders be praying for you guys throughout the month. And just make sure that you're sharing with them um, man, this is what I'm searching God for. This is what I'm believing God for. Can you pray for me? And if those leaders will be praying for you, which they will, and you share with them, man, they'll help you walk through this thing. And prayer and fasting won't just be a going through the motions deal. Y'all receive that tonight? Yeah? All right, let's stand, guys. We've got some resources on that table, and I know we're over. Um, If you can, just run after and grab them if you're interested. There's four different things. Um, Just check out what we got. But as we're approaching Sunday, I really want to encourage you guys. Start asking God, hey God, what should I fast? What should I I be fasting? And be obedient. I promise you, at the end of the 21 days, you will be happy you did this. Um, Let's pray and let's just ask the Lord to just guide the, the next 21 days are really starting now. I'm a terrible math student. 26 days? Yeah, 26 days. All right, if, somebody, if my math's wrong, don't correct me. I'm just playing. Okay, anyway. Um, yeah, let's just, let's just pray. Let's ask the Lord to guide the rest of this month for sure. And, um, and we're going we're gonna to get some reports in our life groups as this month goes. And I'll be giving that to you guys. I'll be letting people know some breakthrough moments, some testimonies. If you want to share some testimonies throughout, we're going to have time for that. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, oh, we just love you, God. And we, we are really, we're thankful that you're faithful to us. God, we, wanna, we really want to seek you with everything that we know how to seek you with. God, we want to seek you with all our heart. Lord, over the next month, we're going we're gonna to commit ourselves to pray and fast and really seek you for wisdom, for guidance and direction, for peace in our situations. Lord, we want to seek your purpose and your plan. And God, we want to we fast. We want to we give ourselves to that. And so when we fast, Lord, I pray that you would show us what to fast and that you give us the grace to really follow through and really walk this thing out with you and with each other. Now, Lord, I just pray that you would bless everybody in this new year. Lord, I know that you've got plans and purposes for everyone, and I know that's what we're seeking after this first month. But God, I pray that you would protect everybody as well. Lord, I pray that as everybody leaves here tonight, you keep everybody safe. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you.